I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, Lewis. You're back from holidays. I am, Dan. Yeah, I'm back. I'm refreshed. Uh, just back from Byron Bay where there is no virus. <laughs> Virus is only in your mind, Lewis, if you live in Byron Bay. <laughs> That's right. The, the real virus is capitalism. <laughs> well, we've had two, speaking of capitalism, we've had two great weeks on Patreon. We are up over the 50% baseline costs of editing and hosting the show. I'm Damn. not saying there's a correlation between when you go away <laughs> and more people wanting to chip in to help the podcast, but that's what the data says, Lewis. Now, do you think it's because people think that uh, you're more desperate without me? <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, here's the thing. If it's any consolation, my mum sent me a text saying, the show's getting great, but um, I really miss Lewis. <laughs> oh, that's nice. My mum hasn't said anything like that. <laughs> and big thank you to Kathy Watson, Rob Lake, Donna, uh, and a big special thank you to our $10 supporters, Helen Gray, Ben Buchler, and artist Maz Dixon. And big thanks to Stephen Holmes, who upped his patronage to 10 bucks a month. This is great news. Um, keep it coming. If you like like what we do, hit us up on Patreon and uh, maybe one day we can, uh, you know, uh, afford to pay our guests. But, you know, until <laughs> then, uh, they're joining us for free. I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on the land of the Gadigal in the Yora Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. Let's start the show. Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra Fair Dickum and Section 44. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, Australia is officially in its deepest recession in nearly 100 years. When asked how he will fix it, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said, look, mate, I don't hold a money lever. (laughs) And SAS soldiers have been making fun of war crimes on social media posts. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to think those people who sign up to do murder professionally may not be good people. And fact-checkers have read the Batuta Advocate and they've declared the satire outlet fake news. And despite me reporting every single post, there's no word on where they stand with Sky News. This is a rational Fear. Irrational fear. This is Irrational Fear, the show that tells you what you should be scared of this week. I'm former wrestler turned Hollywood star Dan Illich. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. She's a proud Queenslander and stuck on the wrong side of the border. In fact, she is girt by border in the ACT. It's The Guardian's Amy Ramikas. 
Amy, have you been home since lockdown has, has begun there? I snuck over when they opened the border. I was across about three hours after Palaszczuk was like, you know what? Yep, you can come. I was like, I know that she's going to shut this down within two freaking seconds of me crossing this. So, yes, I'm getting across. It was a glorious three weeks, much like Byron. Um, the virus doesn't exist in <laughs> Queensland, greatest nation on earth. Uh, and now I'm slowly just watching my soul decay in the ACT. There's a great video I put in last week's newsletter of a rave happening in a kebab shop in Fortitude Valley, and I thought that was peak Queensland. And, I was so proud. <laughs> and during lockdown, this week's guest has learnt how to play the ukulele and how to use Google Docs. <laughs> we can't wait to see what he does next. It's musical comedy genius Eddie Perfect. Eddie, uh, now you've mastered Google Docs, what is next for you? Excel? Ah, I just died now. I just died. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, it's my mum's favourite of the podcast, Lewis Hobart. Lewis, how do you feel about being my mum's favourite? Um, thrilled, really, because I've met your brothers and they're pretty cool, actually. Your brother's tough and it was interesting that you really laid into uh, the military since you're the only <laughs> member of your family not in the military. Hey, I, I did stand up once in Afghanistan under rocket attack. It's okay. you know. I, I've earned my stripes. A little later on, a bill to remove mobile phones from detainees in immigration has passed the lower house this week. We'll be talking with an immigration expert, Naruza Nees, live from their bunk bed in detention. Now, you might have seen the immigration minister's scare campaign this week. He was trying to pressure Labor into passing the bill. Well, this week's sponsor has a scare campaign of their very own. Immigration Minister Alan Tudge has access to a mobile phone, which has access to the internet, which means if Alan Tudge's sweaty little ministerial fingers fondles the screen with just the right combination of swipes and taps, he can access the most sordid things on the internet, including explicit UN reports of human rights abuses by Australia towards migrants and hardcore findings of malpractice for arbitrarily holding detainees by the Australian Human Rights Commission. And he can like a porn tweet from BBW, Cum Puncher 69, and claim he was hacked, then have AFP investigated, and no one ever talk about it again, just like Greg Hunt did in 2017. Parliamentarians can't be trusted with phones that connect to the internet. Authorised by parliamentarians shouldn't be left to their own devices, Canberra. <laughs> Well, we have heard a lot of a lot from ex-Prime Ministers this week. Two came out to say that the government shouldn't delay an increase in superannuation so that Australians could be more secure in retirement. And another came out to say it costs a lot to keep COVID-19 victims alive and the old ones should be let to die. Now, my question to you, fearmongers, out of those two groups, the one who said, you know, more secure in retirement or old people should die, out of those two groups, which one had Tony Abbott in it? <laughs> I um, love that Tony Abbott came out and said all old people should die. I think it was a, a bold statement for a man who's got to be getting on in years. Like if I'd known the option was to let Tony Abbott die, I'd have voted for that a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, he is a renowned for being a very uh, pro-life Catholic. It, it, I mean, it, it reminds me of that old Bible saying, uh, it's easier for a man with COVID-19 to enter the gates of heaven than it is for a taxpayer to keep him alive. It's, all, it's almost as if all lives don't matter. Like, <laughs> that's that's kind of, I was all like, wow. So, like, abortion, very bad, kill grandmas, it's better for the economy, so let, let it rip. Yeah. But then, I mean, it also looks like Tony Abbott has maybe talked his way out of another job, which is 
becoming a habit for Kim. So look, Tony Abbott has been a leader with instincts pretty much opposite to the rest of the country for a very long time. You know, perhaps he's right this time, though. To be certain, maybe we should have some kind of multi-million-dollar non-binding postal survey with the question: Should we let old people die? If they get COVID nineteen, you can't do a postal survey anymore because the Australia Post is at a situation now where they're asking their own members to volunteer to deliver stuff. It just wouldn't wouldn't get done. I heard Facebook polls are really scientific, and that's what we should be using for this sort of stuff. There's now. only one thing more scientific than a Facebook poll, Amy, and that's a sunrise poll. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the whole thing remind you of um, of the Princess Bride? You know, when Tony Abbott was talking about they've only got a year left, you know, when the with the machine, it's like, I've just taken one year of your life away. Didn't that remind you of that? I was... I, it put me in a really in, conflicted position. Because uh, as a person who uh, has raged against the existence of boomers for so long and uh, as a person who on youth radio is often just begging for old people to die, I, I was kind of like, I didn't want to agree with Tony Abbott, because, but I'm like, part of me knows that if, all of the old people would die. Tony Abbott would never have gotten elected. He would be irrelevant. Like he, he needed the old people more than anyone else. He's trying to kill off his own, uh, his own, uh, his own electorate. Should we even be listening to ex prime ministers at all in our current debate? Uh, I <laughs> yeah, maybe we should be listening to other countries' ex prime ministers. <laughs> Mary Robertson from Ireland is one of my favourite leaders of all all time. I'd lovely, I'd love listen to her. <laughs> Helen, Helen Clark seems to be having an absolute ripper of a post-prime ministership. So, like, let's just turn to New Zealand. But, like, I just I just think that Tony Abbott is just going to do Tony Abbott. And my favourite thing about being a Guardian reporter is that it's now my UK colleagues' like job to deal with the crazy things that Tony Abbott says. So I'm like, he's in your time zone. He's part of your government now. He's your appointee. Like, go nuts. Welcome Welcome to Australia in 2014. Have fun with this. Uh, aren't you disappointed, Amy? Don't you get paid by the click? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm sorry, do I get paid? I work, <laughs> like, I work for The Guardian. Like We're very big into like socialism and things like that. I just do it for the common good. In this climate of fear. Irrational fear. Every death is sad, but that's never stopped families sometimes electing to make elderly relatives as comfortable as possible while nature takes its course. Fear number two, the United States of America is a hot mess right now. We've seen it on the news in our feeds. Rapid social change is happening even in the small Midwest town of Lincoln, Nebraska, where one brave citizen had the courage to stand up and fight for what he believes in at the Lincoln City Council meeting. Here is Ander Christensen standing up for what he believes in. My name is Ander Christensen. Uh, I live at 1212 Twin Ridge Road. Lincoln has the opportunity to be a social leader in this country. We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning and treating things as, as though they're normal. I go into nice family restaurants and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. I propose that we as a city remove the... Excuse me, I'm trying to... Excuse me, come on. I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. These are our reasons why. Number one, nothing about boneless chicken wings actually come from the wing of a chicken. We would be disgusted if a butcher was mislabeling their cuts of meats, but then we go around and pretending as though the breast of the chicken is its wing. Number two, boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders 
which are already boneless. I don't go to order boneless tacos. I don't go and order boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. It's just what's expected. And then number three, we need to raise our children better. Our children are raised being afraid of having bones attached to their meat. That's where meat comes from. It grows on bones. We need to teach them that the wing of a chicken is from a chicken and it's delicious. I propose that we rename boneless wings in the city of Lincoln. We can call them buffalo style chicken tenders. We can call them wet tenders. We can call them saucy nugs or trash. We can take these steps and show the country that where we stand and that we understand that we've been living a lie for far too long. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Thank you. Uh, there you go. Uh, Amy, is this a stand you can get behind? It is. I mean, like, heroes are not born, they're made. And I think we all need a hill to die on. And calling boneless chicken wings saucy nugs is one that I'm quite happy to get behind. <laughs> Although I did like that he needed this all to be taken quite seriously. So he's wearing a tie like for this meeting with burgers on it. I mean, this is some serious <laughs> shit he is talking about here. This is about our children not understanding that bones are not bad. Yeah, that his whole outfit looks like a substitute teacher who on the weekends plays like bass in a cover band. Well, he's not a normal substitute teacher. He's a cool substitute teacher. So. Also, Saucy Nug sounds like a tweet Greg Hunt would like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Ander seems to be a man who has really tapped into the zeitgeist. What else should he advocate for, do you think, Fearmongers? Well, look, I was surprised that he was he was advocating for a change of the name to reflect um, something which I already found a very weird part of American culture, which is buffalo wings. Yeah. Like, buffaloes don't have wings. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go for truth and veracity. Toe the line. I mean, he looks like he's trying to get his rent back from a bad landlord or <laughs> Judge Judy. Well, you you spent time over there, Eddie. Did you have yeah. any, a lot of time around around um, boneless wings? The, the the Americans do snacks really well. I'm a I'm a vegetarian, so I don't really go in for the wings. But the amount of wings you can get in buckets is pretty impressive in a bar. When you were working on Beetlejuice, the musical, did you have any um, <laughs> Did you have any spineless producers you had to work with? Yes. Yes, yes. Bo we call them boneless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a, an amazing part of this video right at the end that we didn't quite hear, which is just after that tepid applause, uh, you hear one of the, the counsellors uh, on mic come in and say in such a disappointed tone, uh, I, I just need to put this on the record. That man is my son. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Some Darth Vader level shit. Yeah, it's, it's clearly a like kitchen table fight where he's gone, Dad, just because you're the counselor of Lincoln, Nebraska, doesn't mean you get to make yeah. me eat these boneless wings. See you at work tomorrow, Dad. See you at work. <laughs> I'll be there. Well, let me just tell you, uh, Ander has some pretty big plans for the future. I spoke with him from his home in Lincoln, Nebraska, a little earlier today. 
And uh, thank you so much for joining us on Irrational Fear. Oh, thank you very much. I'm really glad to be on. Look, thank you so much also for caring about nomenclature. I think uh, people don't know the power of words and finally someone is standing up. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up in front of your local council trying to get Boneless Chicken renamed. Well, the, the biggest issue has been I would be going into a restaurant and I would order chicken wings and then the waitress or waiter, they just ask me, oh, do you want that bone in or bone out? And the fact that I had to answer that question so many times just kind of made me think, do people really think that boneless chicken wings are wings? Next you're going to be telling me that buffalo wings aren't made from buffalo. Yeah, and that they don't fly. Like, what is this? What has the reaction been like to this video going viral? What have, what, what's, been, what's happened to your life? Has it changed your life? And more importantly, have you changed the town of Lincoln, Nebraska forever? Me personally, I had to take time off from work because uh, <laughs> I've been getting so many phone calls and I've been getting so many people contacting me. All of this publicity made me decide I'm going to run for president. And I feel like I've got a lot more of the world behind me than some of the other people running right now. So I think, I think I've got a good shot. I think you're right. I think there is something unifying about the correct nomenclature for chicken wings. I think, you know, both left, both right. This is something everybody can jump on board with in America. I guess you could say the question isn't a left wing or right wing question, huh? It's very good. And uh, if you have one bit of advice for a little boy or a little girl in the middle of America or anywhere around the world who feel slighted by the wrong naming of their foods, what advice would you give to them? I would say tell your parents to back my campaign. The, the funny thing about it is, is unintentionally I have revealed something that might actually be a little legally shady. It's just that uh, the FDA recently uh, said that you couldn't call cauliflower rice rice and they are re- they're trying to make it so you couldn't call almond milk milk. And it's just the same kind of idea that if you're selling chicken breast as being a wing, that might not be legally kosher. But who is going to go and buy almond juice? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a cup of coffee with some nut juice, thanks. Nut juice. That's a little bit worse than almond milk. Yeah. Well, Ander, thank you so much for joining us on Irrational Fear. Hey, not a problem. Thank you for having me on. No, there's there's actually that, there that, a similar legal things going on in Australia because the uh, beef industry doesn't want um, artificial meat to be able to call itself meat or beef. So mm. they're, tr- they're trying to make it come up with a oh, new right. name so that, uh, so that they don't try to capitalize on the meat market. Sparkling meat. <laughs> the nationals are very upset about anything that doesn't come from a cow being called milk. So it's, you know, it's a red hot issue down here in Canberra at the moment. Hmm. In terms, yes, yeah, soy milk, oh, they're God. against it. Almond milk, they're against it. Although, like, where's Barnaby? Where is Barnaby Joyce on breast milk? <laughs> um, like that's an issue for Barnaby Joyce. Um, I don't. He prefers breast juice. But. Like my issue with the Nationals campaign against, you know, calling things that don't come from cow's milk is are almond farmers not farmers and do people who farm soy not farmers and therefore who represents them? I reckon in Queensland someone who farms soy is not a farmer. Uh, like to Queenslanders. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, 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 it's very emasculating. <laughs> well, let's say outside of the southeast, all right? Queensland is three different states. It's the greatest nation on earth with three different states. And let's not just make Matt Canavan and Bob Catter everything that Queensland represents. 
<laughs> I would imagine that an almond farmer looks a lot like Lewis Hobber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would like to just comment here. For the record, that's my son. <laughs> and fear number three, the biggest story in the country right now. Victorian police have used their precognition powers to arrest a pregnant woman in her own home for allegedly making a social media post encouraging people to turn up to a protest about COVID-19 restrictions in Ballarat. Now, people are saying that it's a gross overreach of powers from the Victorian police because the event hadn't even happened yet. Um, the greatest problem here, according to the Herald Sun's perspective, is that even though the Victoria police were using their powers for a minority report, the woman arrested wasn't even a minority. Uh, and that has made Alan Jones very, very upset. What I've enjoyed most about this story rolling out is that um, Alan Jones was on, on Sky imploring Daniel Andrews to resign because Alan Jones believes Daniel Andrews is responsible for inciting violence. Uh, you can just imagine Dan Andrews going, oh, well, I better listen to Alan Jones. He is the expert in inciting violence. <laughs> Eddie, you are in lockdown in in Victoria right now. How are you taking all of this? When I was doing uh, Offspring on Channel 10, I befriended anyone that asked on Facebook. So I have a quite interesting cross-section of human beings as friends on Facebook, and I have a lot of hardcore conspiracy theorists. And I've been, you know, I'm I'm interested. So I've been engaging with a lot of them. So this story piqued my interest because... um, you know, it was the first time, apart from Pete Evans being fined like 30 grand for his weird COVID light machine, that somebody had felt the consequences of, you know, indulging in conspiracy theories and organising this march. So non-white, you would have really loved watching her get arrested because she's so full of, how dare you, this doesn't happen to people like me. Yeah. And I'm in my pyjamas and, and I've got an ultrasound and there's my kids. So I... I um. Part of me kind of enjoy enjoyed the fact that there are consequences, but the other part of me was like, you know, uh, just because a protest isn't necessarily one that I would get behind, it is a little frightening to see police put someone in handcuffs when they've organised the protest. I totally get it, but I still, it's a little shit's getting weird in Victoria. Yeah. It's getting weird. I mean, for, I, my for, only complaint is that they didn't arrest Sam Newman for the same thing. They did. <laughs> so that would have been great. Though. They talked about yeah. it? Yeah, no, no. They talked to him. went and visited Sam Newman and had a chat to him and he oh. was all like, oh, lols, it was just a joke. I didn't yeah. really mean to do that. I he only talks to people back. when he's doing box-offs on the street and he's doing it to uh, people who don't speak English very well. <laughs> yeah. It. That's yeah. straight talk with Sam Newman. The thing about... Yeah. They bamboozled him with English. He couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like... the, thing about, um, the thing about this I, I think is weird is that police don't realise that, you know, sometimes people just don't turn up to a Facebook event, as I've discovered putting on a rational fear. <laughs> yeah. I think Eddie's right, though. Like, I was listening to the police talk about it today and they were saying, like, you know, if you're on public transport on the weekend, police will be talking to you. And if you're, like, walking around the city, like, police will be questioning you. And, like, whether you agree or with the protest or not, and I really hope that, like, no one listening does because it is batshit crazy that 5G can give you coronavirus. Mm. It's very strange to be living in a, you know, supposedly free country as white people where suddenly the police are, like, talking to you for your existence. And, yes, Australia is a nation of narcs, but at the same time we're becoming really comfortable with a lot of authoritarianism and I think maybe we need to question 
why we're becoming so comfortable with that and why we're okay with just police walking in and talking to and arresting people for Facebook posts. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's the Eastern European in me, like I've, you know, grown up knowing that this stuff can happen. Obviously we know it happens. I'm sure, you know, we've all got friends who get questioned on a very regular like basis because of how they look. Um, but I think as a nation, we really need to start taking stock of what we're allowing coronavirus to change as a society. And this Don't you get that feeling? You get, you get that feeling that, that um, this stage four lockdown is, is not quite working. It's not quite the slam dunk that everyone mm. wanted to be. And there's this very real sense in Victoria now that this has to work. And with that, with that sense of pressure that it needs to work because people have been put through so much, it feels like the environment is right for like overreach, you know, for, for rights to be trampled on. You saw the way that the, um, that the housing commission towers got locked down, you know, um, when you're putting a pregnant white woman in handcuffs, I think that's the canary down the coal mine that, um, you know, that there is a lot of, it, it feels like there's desperation now. It has to be fixed and they'll, it feels like anything will happen in order to make that happen. Yeah, but like even in WA, which is not in such a lockdown, they're putting people in ankle bracelets mm. to watch, like to make sure that they stay in quarantine. And recent polls have shown that like a really big majority of Australians are okay with that. I mean, like, are we really okay with just putting people in ankle bracelets, like to make sure that they stay in quarantine? And where does it go from here? Like, it's just... Yeah, like 2020 has been an insane year and like obviously we're all just catching up to where how a lot of people have been living, but this is this is really uncomfortable for me. Having yeah. said that, it is completely batshit crazy to believe that 5G is going to cause like the coronavirus and that lizard people are, you know, running Australia. Clearly I am running Australia and that has been <laughs> shown time and time again. <laughs> but yeah. The most unsettling part of it for me is that all of this um, police overreach and brutality is happening and not in Queensland. <laughs> oh, could I just say that Victorian police had a reputation for shooting people, like way more people than the Queensland police did, all right? Like hmm. we've evolved in Queensland. We're fairly woke. We'll pay for you now. Yeah. Oh, Joe Bielke was off. just uh, it's a police <laughs> My police is less fascist than your police, so let's go. I don't know. <laughs> Eddie, as someone who's living in Victoria right now and seeing those numbers go down, there was a bit of a, a bit of a, a peak today, but seeing those numbers go down slowly, the last three days at least they were under 100. How does it feel to see those numbers go down and, and knowing that this actually might be working, though, for you? Well, I mean, if you put people under the kind of restrictions that we're under right now, it every day we wake up and we it's like for today it was over a hundred again. But it is kind of you're like, what the fuck are people doing? How is this ha- how is this is happening? Like, I don't talk to anyone. I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. And everybody um, who is following these rules is doing the same. So it's very disappointing as Victorians. And I know that on Sunday. There's, you know, um, uh, Dan Andrews is is announcing, you know, the the roadmap out of this, and it feels very like Hunger Games, like we're all going to be huddled around burning bins, <laughs> families in alleyways, watching a giant LED screen going, Andrew, Dan Andrews, tell us what's happening, you know. We nominate like, Sam interested. Newman as tribute. 
<laughs> Will my child go back to school? I can't teach her anymore. Like, seriously, I can't make any more sandwiches. And I, you know, like, it has to, it has to work, but Jesus, it's, you know, it's been... It's been excruciating, mm. and it, it it looks like it will be for a while. Well, at least there was one nice thing Alan Jones said out of his diatribe towards Dan Andrews, and I think I've uh, got it here. Here it is. Go, Daniel Andrews. There we go. I got it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Go, Daniel Andrews. There Lovely. he is. Uh, go, Daniel Jones Andrews. Again. Oh, it's f- so inspiring. He must be inspired by that. You're listening to A Rational Fear. Let him send it in and let him go vote. And if their system's as good as they say it is, then obviously they won't be able to vote. But send in your ballots, send them in strong, whether it's solicited or unsolicited. Coming up very soon, we talk with Naruza Nees, who is in detention about what it could mean to have their phone confiscated. But first, earlier this week, the Australian Bureau of Statistics brought out a report that said foreign-born Australians are more than twice as likely as their native-born neighbours to wear a face mask, which uh, has created an entire movement of its own, as a rational fear contributor, Victoria Liu, tells us. This is a message from people of colour who stand with the foreign-born Australians more likely to take antivirus actions. We'd like to thank you, Karens, for providing entertainment at the end of the news run in these tense times. I'm allowed to do this, and you're discriminating. For doing the impossible and creating social media cohesion. Because while we'll argue over the colour of a dress, we can all agree, Karens are the bloody worst. You're not authorised by the Australian government to even question me about it. For working toward a more diverse community, without putting that burden on people of colour. Whether inside Bunnings, outside in car parks, or even in post offices, we know you're there, exposing yourself to Darwinian selection. It is my right, as a living woman, to do whatever I want. Because when a Karen goes down, the diversity in our population goes up. Ah, uh, yes. Under my theory of natural selection, this Karen problem should really sort itself out by the end of COVID. Mr. Darwin, what about a mutated Karen made stronger by surviving COVID? Well, shit. Then we're all just a bit fucked. Spoken by Victoria Lou and Charles Darwin for the people of colour who stand with the foreign bonus strands more likely to take antivirus actions Canberra. Victoria Lou there. Now, for those stuck in our Kafka-esque detention system, life is pretty tough right now. COVID-19 means there are no visitors allowed. It also means you have to fight circo guards from stealing your toilet paper. Uh, And now, this week, the Immigration Minister, Alan Tudge, has tried to pass legislation to remove mobile phones from detainees, taking away their last connection to the outside world. We're joined now by friend of the show... Naruz Anis, who's been arbitrarily detained for the last six years. He's in Villawood Detention Centre and he joins us courtesy of his phone. Naruz, welcome to Rational Fear. Thanks for having me, Dan. Naruz, you know, you've been fighting this for weeks and the government doesn't appear to have the numbers in the Senate and they're going to try and pass this phone legislation again in October. How are you feeling? You must be exhausted. Oh, mate, even before I was actually filling up a form because Jackie Lambie has asked for community feedback as to the way she should vote on this legislation. And this is the kind of, uh, I mean, like a legislation which is essentially aimed at taking away our only lifeline of a mobile phone. And we have to consistently defeat the propaganda of this LNB government false propaganda and convince the Australian senators that they should vote against it. Now, Jackie Lambie is going to be the deciding vote. The Labour, the crossbench, the Australian Greens, Senator Griffin, Senator Patrick, they've all um, agreed to oppose it. But Senator Lambie is um, 
uh, question mark. She's asked for community feedback and we aim to convince her. I mean, why are why is Touch so anti-phone? Is it because they just want more people to have face-to-face interactions? They're, they're trying to limit your screen time because you've been a naughty boy? <laughs> I wish that was the case. Uh, but his, his aim is to avoid and stop the the you know documentation of the human rights abuses is detention site uh, detention center guards are committing in these centers i mean he tweeted today about how um he feels that the circle guards shouldn't be photographed in the detention center doing the wrong thing and i tweeted back at him a statement from peter dutton from 2019 where he was on a show with ray hadley and he was talking about the climate change protesters, and he was saying that people should photograph and name and shame these people and spread the photographs as far as they can and tell the family how you think. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was like, Minister, how do you reconcile this contradiction? This is simply for the interest of um, this private company, Circo. And this is and these are things you've experienced. You know, you've seen abuses yourself. You've recorded abuses yourself. How do you think you'll be able to do that? If your phone is removed, there will be absolutely no way uh, it can be documented or recorded. I have personally seen circle guards taking detainees to blind spots where there are no cameras and beating the hell out of those detainees and leaving some permanently disabled. And that was uh, from a time on Christmas Island detention center. And at the time, we were not allowed to have mobile phones, by the way. That was 2017. Only had mobile since 2019. You've got to keep in mind that us detainees actually don't have the same right as Australian citizens. So if a circle guard commits a crime against us, bashes us or does something wrong, we actually can't call the police. Mm. If you call the police, the police says you've got to complain about circle to circle. And no one can actually contact the police until ABF lets them in or asks them to investigate a matter. And that actually never happens. So in a situation where a detainee has been bashed or has been sexually assaulted or brutally uh, bashed and there's no CCTV footage, it comes down to the circle guard's word versus the detainee's word. Mm. And every single time the circle guard's word is um, believed unless there's a corroborating evidence, uh, as it's video evidence, which is not possible without a mobile phone. Taj would say that detainees are using their phone to order drugs. Um, so what have you got and can we have some? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because uh, we haven't had visits in immigration detention since uh, March 2020. And most of the time you'll find that detainees are high. Like I just came back to my compound after lighting a cigarette and there were two people outside smoking weed. <laughs> So you got to ask yourself, where is the drugs coming in? Because there are no visitors coming in. The only people who are allowed in detention are the circle guards. Tell me, more, have, tell me more about this drug syndicate, Circo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Look, this, this, um, the circle guards have been, it's long proven, and the Senate estimates here that this ongoing investigations how a lot of circle guards that make a lot of money while selling drugs to the detainees. And on Christmas Island, as a matter of fact, I mean, there were there was a inside joke that there were more drugs on Christmas Island detention center than on mainland Australia. So, I mean, there's no one to hold circle guards to account. And you can actually, as a matter of fact, if you got the money, 
you can approach the circle guard who does the business and you can actually buy anything you want. Not from DTN, it's from Circle Guards. I hear Circo is going to um, start a new program called Circo Prime where you can pay a monthly subscription and get as much outside shit as you want. <laughs> Look, I mean, with Circo you can expect anything. As in, like, um, back when, when I was at AFOD, um, which is alternate place of detention, so for about two weeks uh, they kept me in this place called Mariton which was a good change for me, but only for two weeks. Now, you're locked up. It's a nice hotel room, but you're just locked up mm. for 24 by 7. And you've got like three circle guards on you at all times. Mm. And sometimes I just used to wake up at 12 o'clock, and you can see the circle guards are meant to keep me, you know, stop me from running away. They're all sleeping. One of them is sleeping and snoring so loudly that you can't even sleep yourself. And... But the thing is, like, you see these circle guards, they can't even spend five time, five minutes in an airport with you without accessing the internet. I mean, they would always need the Wi-Fi password for me so they can access internet or they would like to watch TV. So the point being, I've done five years, by the way, of arbitrary detention. And at times you had nothing. And But, I mean, point being, like, these guards can't spend the same amount of time without their mobile phones, what they expect me to do, or the other detainees. It seems so strange. Like, if, if Touch wants to get rid of detainees' mobile phones and there's a system of contraband with Serco, surely detainees will just be getting Serco <laughs> Prime to deliver them fucking new mobile phones. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, it's just, like, you'll be buying double the price or triple the price. I mean, mobile phones were still available when they weren't allowed. It was um, coming via Circo. This is their, like, for not everyone, but for certain guards, this is how they make money. Mm. As a matter of fact, uh, back on Baita, there was a lady, a Circo officer lady, and she got pregnant to a detainee. When it was found out that, well, when everybody was going for dinner, this officer was going to the detainee's room, and to hush the detainee up, who was the father of the unborn child, they gave him a visa. <laughs> oh, so, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a lot to take in. That's why you need to smoke drugs to understand. <laughs> yeah. Wow. In terms of the sort of community feedback that uh, Jackie Lambie's asking for now, is that sort of open to the general community or is it mostly the detained community? Oh, I think it's... Uh, open to the general community, and but she categorically asked for her electorate, like the Tessam- people of Tasmania. Mm. She wants to hear her views, but everybody can leave a feedback. As a matter of fact, I was just uh, writing, um, uh, she asked two questions, that should she oppose it or should she vote for it or you can't decide. And the next question is your address and the third one is your reasons. It's, uh, I just tweeted about it. Anybody can leave feedback, but it's, uh, it's kind of like a pretty much a life or death situation. It's not like other bills. Now, Neroz, so people have an understanding of what you actually use your phone for. You're in de- mm. detention in Villawood. Your wife is ill and she's in Melbourne. And that is the one lifeline you have to her. Like you, you, you basically can't have a conversation with her otherwise. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, She's hospitalized right now, unfortunately, mm. and um, she had an absolute breakdown because she couldn't come see me. 
And the only way she could be stabilized was to be able to see me on a video call. Mm. And she's in a hospital and a psychiatrist has to organize these video calls for me to make sure that she's stable anytime she has a, a you know, like as a breakdown, she needs to immediately speak to me. That can be the middle of the night. And if the mobiles are taken, I just don't know what's going to happen to her or me. Mm. This is why we call it, it's a, it's a lifeline. And, and look, what Minister Taj is arguing is that, oh, I'm not going to impose a blanket ban, although when the Senate estimates, um, Senate inquiry into this legislation, is examining this legislation, Every single of the submissions, including mine and that of the United Nations, Australian Human Rights uh, Commission, the Commonwealth Ombudsman, said that this legislation needs to be thrashed. It is just irredeemable. And the powers, those, if the legislation is passed, the circle guards have more powers than police officers to actually strip search 10-year-old kids mm. in detention. Well, Naruz, we've got a few Tasmanian Patreon supporters and plenty of Tasmanian listeners. We'll make sure we chuck the link for the community consultation in the show notes and people can go there and, uh, and tell them what they think and tell Jackie Lambie what they think. Thanks for joining us, Naruz. Thanks for having me, Dan, and uh, you're doing great. Love your work. Ah, thank you. We had Naruz on television on At Home Alone Together. You may recognise him from uh, At Home Alone Together. He was on TV with Ray Martin. You know, no big deal. That's it for a rational fear this week. Big thanks to Jacob Round on the Teppanyaki timeline, Robbie McGregor, Victoria Lou, Ander Christensen, and our fear mongers tonight: Eddie Perfect, Amy Ramikas, Lewis Hobber, and Narosa Knees. Now, do you guys have anything to plug, Eddie? Do you have, do you have anything to plug? No, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Just nothing is plugged or unplugged. Just happy no, you've to got be that, talking uh, to someone else. Don't you have some sort of uh, Google Doc we can all jump in on? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Amy, it's open. Amy Ramikas, do you have anything to plug? Nope, just getting through day 484 of 2020 and just, you know, trying to put my shattered soul back together. <laughs> Narose and Knees, what would you like to plug? Mate, all I want to say is contact Jackie Lambie and ask her to oppose this legislation. Apart from that, like, so you've got to excuse me. I haven't slept for seven days. <laughs> well, well, thank you for staying up another 40 minutes to talk with us. Lewis Hover, anything for you to plug? No, just, uh, yeah, do what Nauru says. <laughs> Very good. That's it for this week. Please rate, review us, and please share the show on social media. And, yes, if you do it on Twitter, I will retweet you. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.